Local weather here at 100andchamberradio.com for Flemington and the surrounding area. It's 72 outside right now. May have some showers passing through later in the afternoon. Otherwise, sunny, high in the mid-80s. Cloudy on the overnight, low in high 60s. Tuesday, looks like a chance of showers and thunderstorms later in the morning. May produce gusty winds and heavy rain. High could reach the 90s. Tuesday night, chance of showers and thunderstorms early in the morning. Uh, again, Wednesday, on a chance of showers and thunderstorms, chance of precip about 40%. Going into Wednesday night, again, chance of showers and thunderstorms. Looks like the same Thursday, Friday. Looks like a little bit of rain every day. Weekend looks good, high in the 80s. Things should clear up by then. Stay tuned for Chef Bill's Table. Hey, welcome to Chef Bill's Table. I'm your host, Bill Kinslow, chef at Jake's here in Flemington, New Jersey, serving the community for over 26 years. We get together every Monday or on Rewind or on podcast, talk about food, beverages, techniques, once in a while a real cool recipe, and we've been featuring... Peter Nurcio from Black River Spice and Tea Company up in Oldwick. Uh, normally the second Monday of each month, we kind of go into a, a couple of broad topics about spices. And today we'd like to talk about spice rubs and what they are and how they're used. So, Pete, welcome. Hi. How you doing, Bill? All right. How's your summer so far? So far, not so hot, which is good. Oh, you know, yeah, it's, we're not getting that like 90-plus for 10 days in a row. It's coming. Right, soon enough. <laughs> so today, um, as I said, we're talking about rubs, and I'd asked Pete earlier if it was really traditionally American, because you see that a lot with barbecue. So that's kind of what we all think of, you know, you have a dry rub, wet rub, whatever. And also, um, I think Pete wants to talk about is if uh, is your cooking method whether you're grilling whether you're uh, roasting whether you're barbecuing and the effect that different rubs would have on that and also what to use and not to use you know a quick example at uh, jake's for instance our jake's steak cajun spice it's a rub we do we do rub it into the meat i think that's the difference between a rub and a seasoning is you actually do work the spices into the surface of the meat and probably um when i see the barbecue guys like brisket it's got a lot of fat on it that's right and they mm -hmm. put the rub on there but normally a lot of times they'll let it sit overnight you brine it uh like with brisket one of the first things they do is they they tend to brine it for uh for a day or uh so before well, brining but not liquid though just uh uh, no, no, actually soak it in a brine solution. Then they take it out, pat it dry, and then they begin their barbecue. At least some some techniques in, in barbecuing, in fact, will pre-brine the raw meat. You would actually brine brisket. first. Yeah, I see that. A lot of people are doing that. Obviously, chicken and turkeys and pork, because we have lean pork, so we want to yep. put some. And the, the thing with brining, what I learned was there's a whole cycle of brining. If you, if you brine too quickly you've actually drawn 
moisture out of the meat, the osmosis, because nature's seeking its right. own equilibrium. You're wanting salt on both sides of the equation there. But the, but the reverse is that, yes, you are pulling moisture out, but, but you're then, pulling salt in. But then it reverses. But I've, I've, I've say, uh, pork chops, I've brined for like a couple of hours, and they just seem to be a little... Softer. Well, they're drier, but then two or three hours later, they soften back up. The osmosis goes the other <clears> way. But the dry rubs become almost like a dry marinade if you're doing yes. them overnight. Um, what about, and, and my thought also, because of the salt and pepper, I mean the salt and sugar content, right? Because you, you're going to go over some rubs with us. But, yeah, the, the, you know, you were mentioning earlier that whether it was an American thing. And uh, it, like so many other uh, foods, it's gotten Americanized. Okay. I mean, you can say that about pizza. Uh, you know that the, sure. originally it was Naples, but now, you know, pizza that people know as pizza is an American thing. You know, so and the same with with uh, you know using rubs and and uh, cooking food. I mean, it, throughout history, people have taken herbs and spices and uh, worked it into the meat or stuffed the meat uh, and then cooked. But this whole thing where you make it into a science, that, that's been an, an American thing. Well, yeah, we tend to adopt something and then, you know, refine it. it. Yeah, well, we call it perfect. But, well, what happened, I mean, here too, this, this hemisphere is not really laden with spices. The original journey here was to look for spices, of course, stumbled on something totally different. What we, what we contributed was to a ton of great vegetables that the Europeans then embraced and perfected. A the few Italians spices. with the tomato, and you got the French with the potato. You know, the, the, the things that went over there got, and, and, and the Spanish with their cuisine, what they've done with the, the pepper we talked about. The, right, right. So those come from our hemisphere. We, but, but as far as uh, what they were looking for, the black pepper and the exotic spices. They you know, had to go to India for that, right? So yeah. they, they figured instead of heading east, uh, maybe they can make three lefts instead of one right. And yeah. Head west and just keep going till you bump into it. And so eventually uh, they they ran into the United States and or North, North America North that is and South America and and the Caribbean. So it sort of got in their way. So when we think of these these um, spice rubs, say, um, well, I think a classic would be our, we were talking about the jerk. Seasoning. Jamaican jerk, for example. Jamaican jerk, and jerk is really like their barbecuing. And I've seen, which we have, we have jerk spice that has the allspice and thyme and everything in it. Mm -hmm. And we've sprinkled it on, say, for quick grilling or cooking. And it's tasty, but when you make the real, the wet rub, let's call it, more like a paste, yeah, it, mm -hmm. it, and let it sit overnight, it's much, much better. The, the paste the, the paste is... Uh, what, it, it does two things. It it uh, moistens. It, it continually moistens the meat as you're cooking it. If mm -hmm. like if you barbecue and you have it in a slow cook, uh, it keeps the meat moister longer. And as long as you constantly paint, you know they have those brushes that look like mops. They are. Yeah, they're called. Yeah, they mops. call them mops. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it as long as you maintain the moisture, um, the food cooks without drying out. Right, because they say especially salt can dry the meat. S Salt can dry well. It's desiccant. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. In fact, it does. It does two things, though. Salt, and I think we brought this up. I guess in another time. We've got a break for a little uh, message from one of our sponsors.
couple of our sponsors anyway, and we'll be back at the table talking about the spices. going to tell us we're going to go into barbecue rubs here um so p we, we were mentioning uh during the break that there's kind of a if you're trying to make your own there's kind of a formula for rubs right right uh you know again this is a uh um what most people are familiar with is the americana style uh there are a couple of formulas for american style rubs um Probably a lot of people are familiar with the uh, Alton Brown um, ratios. For instance, he says that uh, you should have eight parts of, of a sugar to uh, three parts of a salt um, to uh, one part of a red pepper, could be paprika, and uh, one part uh, of your herbs and spices. So, so uh, that's a common formula. Uh, there is also another formula that's not so sweet because not everybody wants that much sugar uh, and a lot of southern style like North Carolina. Well, the, the Texas seems to be where they almost don't have any sugar. Yeah. That's really even in the sauce. The sauce is, if you use sauce in Texas, you're not supposed to, but sometimes <laughs> it's just the meat drippings and, you know, maybe. They, oh, okay, yeah. Some yeah, sort of like it's, a, it's, uh, they, they kind of abhor the sauce thing. But when you see, usually it's got, a, you know, jalapenos or some chilies, you know. But they, um, their rubs tend to be more almost, salty. Sh- almost sugar-free. Right, right. And oftentimes, as I say, I just put salt and pepper on and let the smoke do its work. I guess that depends then on your wood and the yeah. whole thing. Now you're not a rub anymore. You're just seasoning. You're just seasoning, right? <laughs> so, so even if you, if you rub <laughs> salt and pepper in and let it sit for a while, would that be considered then a rub? That's a good question. I, I would say that a rub is defined uh, by the technique you use uh, rather than the spices. Yeah, yeah. They, so so uh, as long as you're using it in a technique to, to work flavor in, then you've, you're making a rub. So you could use, for example, uh, pepper and salt, but you could use a, a seasoned salt that's already pre-seasoned. You know, and then uh, oh, yeah, and there's quite a bit of yeah, that. Smoked salt. Smoked salt. Yeah. There's all kinds of salts. You call a chili-flavored yeah. salt, so lots of them. Uh, and, you know, you can even get them that are lime or lemon uh, in there. But anyway, the, the point is is that the, the technique is, is really the, the, what it's named for, that you, you're working the flavor into the meat, and uh, you are using a certain technique, whether you're grilling or barbecuing, to, to make sure that you're, you're getting the best out of that meat when you cook it. Okay, so, um, yeah, because uh, I, I was, uh, in my mind, okay, because I've, I've cured before. I do dry cures, mm-hmm. and there's wet cures, just like there's, you know, dry and wet rubs. And you were mentioning before about brining, yes. curing for 
pork belly especially, but any cheap meats. meats. Usually cheap, you know, good, the yeah. best barbecue comes from yeah. the cheapest cuts. Yeah, well, that's what, that's what uh, we were left with, you know. Uh, <laughs> So and, yeah, so that's what happens when you uh, you, you the part of the, part of the brining uh, Ed salt it, it does it does um, you know you mentioned that it dries uh, it actually would it, it would actually dry if you put salt on no liquid just salt you know when you salt pork or you salt well beef. that's what I'm saying with a dry cure <laughs> and I do that I've done it with pork belly where it's salt and sugar fifty fifty yeah you can do that and sugar rub too. it in and let it sit overnight and you'll see the liquid come out but that's you're actually right. trying to do that because part of it was for preservation so you're trying to right reduce the the amount moisture of moisture because then bacteria doesn't grow yeah. in anything yeah. that's and then not the, moist. the natural uh, of the smoke the nitrogen that's you know the atmosphere, that's what also helped with the uh, preservation. But the brining actually um, won't dry the meat. It'll actually uh, salt the meat. What will wind up happening, and, and this is, you're talking about uh, osmosis and things, yeah. it's, it's, um, what, what winds up happening is, is uh, things go from higher concentration. This is the chemist in yes. me now. Yeah. They go from higher concentration to lower concentration. So. Right. Uh, if you were to get a, um, I don't know if you've ever done this, but you can take fresh water, and you can, if you're careful about how you pour it, you can uh, layer salt water on top of it, because salt water uh, is not as dense. Right. Okay. okay. You've, you might have seen mixed drinks where they have the different layers. Well, that's the, the sugar, yeah, the sugar content, yeah, the Puss Cafe, where you layer the But if you leave densities. those two things alone, they will not stay indefinitely separated. They will eventually commingle. And what winds up happening is um, the, 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 uh, the se section that has um, no, no salt in it will move into the section that does have salt in it. So you'll get an, um, the meat, which has less salt than, than the brine. Right. Meat will begin to release its fluid into the brine solution, but right. at some point, it comes, you, it comes back and, and equilibrates, mm -hmm. and the whole thing equilibrates. But when it comes back, it brings the salt with it. Yes. So now you've got the salt in the meat. And that retains moisture at that and point. And that, yes. It, yeah. and, and actually, yeah, if you take salt and you put it on, on the uh, kitchen table in a humid day, it clumps because it's grabbing moisture out of the air. Right. So, yeah, that'll, that's what will happen. You'll, you'll, you'll wind up adding moisture by adding the salt that grabs moisture. So when you do things like... But like you the, need the proper amount of timing because, I say, if you take it out of the brine too early, it's not... Good. You, you need yeah, that yeah. certain amount of time, depending on the thickness of the everyone's, product. Everyone, it's the thickness. Everyone's got a formula. Yeah, you know that's like corn thing. beef. You'll you'll corn. You'll cure that for you know brine that for a week, a week. or ten days sometimes yeah. because it's a bigger piece. Where a pork chop or you know a half a chicken might be a, a matter of hours, and it's done its exactly. work. I'm not that I'm in the know, but I would I would say that you know if you go to these barbecue competitions, right? A lot of these guys that they they have their meats, their slabs of meat, they've been preparing that stuff a week before the competition. You know, they're buying it, they're they're brining it, they're getting it ready for day of competition. You know? Yeah, and I've um, and I see that. Well, I like to watch the competitions where they just open it fresh and then 
but they use in, injection, which is a lot of like our bacon is done that way. That's cheating, yeah. Yeah. So instead of like when you get a good smokehouse, like when I make pork belly and you're doing obviously not um, putting the nitrites in there for the color, it's different than when you get a you know, like an inexpensive supermarket bacon that's all flabby and they do it by injection or even the corned beef. So they have the needles there and it yep. shoots the brine in there. Yep. And then the vacuum tumbler speeds up that process so they can do it quickly because time is yep. money. Yep. But the old ways, wow, it's going to sit for that many days. But I know that the the, uh, the cure, like I say, when you're doing salmon for gravlax, mm-hmm. salt and sugar. And sometimes you'll, you'll have your dill be your wild card or whatever flavor you want. But that's going to, that smoked salmon, or cured salmon rather, is kind of leathery. It's, that's why it's sliced very thinly. Right. There's right. enough, you're leaving this, the fat in there, you're getting the liquid out. And of course, the flavor intensifies. So that's it's sort of interesting. But but uh, you know, to say that uh, rubs are are a science, like we said earlier, uh, you can take that even further. I mean, and, okay. uh, people have actually um, analyzed what it is. What is it about a rub that makes it so good? And uh, you can talk about rubs as having um, three elements, and and usually in American cuisine, a fourth. Uh, we said it before. It's salt. That's right. one part of them. Uh, some kind of sweetener. It doesn't have to be uh, a brown sugar. It could be molasses. It could be a turbinado type of sugar, a cane sugar even. Uh, and then you've got a, a flavorant, something that you're using to give it a flavor. And that even gets split too. Mm-hmm. You have what's called a, a savory ingredient. Okay. And you have a... Uh, a cuisine identity ingredient. So, so a savory ingredient is going to be something that just imparts um, an, an added boost to the flavor. Things like parsley, garlic, onion. I was going to say onion and garlic would be your basic. <clears throat> Those are basic in Americana. Yeah. But then from there, uh, you you use your spice to give it identity. So whether you're doing a Kansas City style, you use certain spices. If you're doing Texas. It's another thing. If you're doing Jamaican, it's another thing. You know, allspice in Jamaican, mm-hmm. for example. Uh, so, so you have your you have your uh, flavor boosters and your identity spices, or the spices that make it this style or that style. So you're saying you could you could have a basic, say for flavor or say the savory side, you could have a basic rub made up, and then you could just take some of that rub and throw an identity to it. Because you still need your salt, let's say your, your, your salt, your sweetener, yep. and your, your onion, garlic. There might be some differences uh, in, in the amounts of, you know, of, of sugar and uh, uh, salt that certain rubs have. Uh, whether or not you can have a, a blank base that you can just, you know, like when you go to the paint store, it's white paint, and they yes. just add the color. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you can do that. Just add whatever color you want to your rub to make it taste like a certain identity. Because uh, there are subtle ratio differences, okay. Uh, but but it is sort of that idea. It is sort of that idea where you you know if if you want an Americana type, you're going to be using chilies, uh, white pepper, thyme, uh, rosemary, cayenne. You know, and if you want Middle Eastern, you're probably going to use cardamom and clove and ajwain or cumin. You know, and if you, if it's Oriental, it's going to be things like like star anise, uh, cinnamon, clove, fennel. You know, uh, so so those are your that so that's how you take that rub and you move it into a direction of a cuisine. So um, let's say Asian, for example, 
or Far Eastern. Mm-hmm. And are those, do they tend to use more rubs or is it more marinades? Because a, a lot of recipes I see, it always has, you know, you have your soy and you have, uh, you know, that's the salt. Right. And then mm-hmm. the sugar might be, it could be honey. You see that a lot. Honey, yes. And honey is another uh, option for, for a sweetener besides uh, brown sugar. Uh, and, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no expert in cooking, uh, but I can tell you that, that uh, uh, a lot of Oriental um, uh, foods, uh, meats, for example, pork is big and pork is fatty. Mm-hmm. And so you can get away with using sweet spices with fat because fat and sweet balance. Always compliments pork, whether dried fruit, fresh fruit. Yes, you're so, right. So yeah. if you bought a thing of Chinese five spice and you don't know what the heck to do with it, Use it as a rub with pork. Okay, yeah, just, and, and again, um, too much fat, of course, you're not going to get that flavor into the meat, so. Well, you, know, you, you rub it in the, there and you keep it a couple of days. Yeah, um, yeah, because even the barbecue guys, they'll, they'll take a brisket, they'll trim it down a little bit, even though you, you want the fat to, to base the meat, but mm-hmm. you don't want so much that, because brisket fat doesn't really melt away. <laughs> you know, that's why, like we said before, they like it in grinding burgers, because you've got fat that melts away. And you got fat that stays in there, and that's why the the fancy guys are throwing brisket and short rib into the burger mix because now you've got some. It's like the marbling in a steak. Oh. You know, some of it, yeah, it was explained to me by a, a certified <laughs> Angus butcher. He said that's why. Because I said, why are you taking you know better meats and different meats for that? And he said it's the uh, the rate at which the the fat melts out. Huh. I didn't so, know that. And I guess you know for you know cooking is the fat going to melt away or is it going to stay on there? We've got a break for uh, brief news and we'll be back at the table with Pete. And we'll uh, he, he he makes custom rubs, I believe. Yes, we do. And we're going to find out the secret behind that. Chef Bill's table. Chef Bill's table here. Pete's going to give us his, uh, he makes some custom blends for chili powder. If you've ever seen chili powder in the store, of course, it's a, it's a standard, a little bit of uh, maybe garlic, oregano, and cumin probably are the major things in there. But you don't really know what kind of chilies they are. And it's more often than not mild, but we're finding out uh, when we talk about chilies that there's many different ones, not only heat levels, but whether they're uh, smoked and then dried, or you know, some have a, a fruit-like quality. Some, you know, it's 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 a again, Pete's the science guy. So they develop at Black River their own uh, little custom for you as a customer, or they have his he has his favorite uh, spice rubs that he made. So Pete, you're going to tell us how you do that. <laughs> Uh, well, the chemist uh, late we, at night <laughs> mixing things up. <laughs> Secret. The we we uh, we do a, a lot of our own um, uh, rubs, uh, and uh, we ha- we haven't really rolled out very many of them yet. 
Um, but uh, we plan on doing it. Uh, well, I forget you're a relatively new company. Yes, uh, we're we're just uh, since March. So yeah, we're, so I keep pushing you on yeah. things. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, and and the thing about being in the spice business is is that uh, it, it's it's a wide scope. So you've got people that are looking for all kinds of things. And if you want to be a decent spice company, you got to carry it, right? So sure. you're, you're looking at 200, 300 items, you know, and, and uh, so, so it, 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 gets, it can get very varied. Will but, most of your sales be just like the average normal stuff? Uh, the single biggest product we sell is black pepper. Still, right? Black pepper throughout the world, and I was on our first show. Yeah. Uh, throughout the world, black pepper is the single largest commercially exported product uh, and consumed product. Matter of fact, in some cases, these the country doesn't even get a chance to export any of it because their own people are eating it up. That's like India is an example. Yeah. You know, uh, very it's it's very very little of the of the Malabar black pepper leaves India, and that's why it's more expensive. Because the people who live there are are eating it as fast as as it's being yeah made. you see that with uh, I know in some for some wine areas <laughs> you know there's some of the little known the local wines never leave the area because yeah. the consumption is done well it's like uh, stone crabs in Florida it's hard to get those the claws because they you know so many of the them locals are, are eating down it there. <laughs> yeah so so black pepper but you're but what you would push is then the the freshness of it and well, the in the size, variety, the size of the grind and the source. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we 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 how do you make sell black right pepper <laughs> different, right? Well, <laughs> well, like you said, uh, the variety we we sell lampang, which is Indonesian. We have campot um, black pepper, which is supposedly a uh, a boutique black pepper, mm-hmm. uh, very floral, uh, very not not cheap. Uh, we've got Vietnamese black pepper. Um, Right now, we, we, we don't have any Indian, Malabar Indian black pepper. That's only because they refuse to export it. Right. Because the price of pepper has dipped a little, and uh, they're not going to make any money on it. So they've decided they're going to eat it themselves. So, uh, but next year, we're hoping to get, right. to, we could get the Malabar and, and the Telecherry. But getting back to the rubs, um, we are uh, certainly uh, uh, make, uh, beginning to put together our own rubs. And, and actually, uh, there, you know, when you talk about rubs, right away you think about meats. But vegetarians out there, hey, there's rubs for you too. Okay. You know? never, never thought about that. I, yeah, and, 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 you know, I, I mean, gee, if you can make a mushroom burger, then you can put a rub on a mushroom. <laughs> you know? Right. So, right? So, so things like um, fleshy vegetables for, for grilling – because I don't think you really barbecue fresh, fleshy vegetables. Uh, you mean like your uh, zucchinis? Zucchini, eggplant. Eggplant, yeah, eggplant would be great because they're like a sponge. They're like a sponge. And anything you want <laughs> will just... so. Uh, another one is onion, a red onion, big thick slices, any kind of squash, butternut, uh, which will behave very much like zucchini. And like I said, mushroom. You get the big portabellas. 
Yes. You know, and you you can yeah, we offer them at the restaurant. Them. It's like a topper for a salad. You grill it, slice it, just like a yeah. London broil, and you can put a rub into it and give it flavor. Yeah, I should look at that just to flavor it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So so there are rubs out there for that too, and and what you do oh, with, with it a mushroom depends. though, they, how does it stay on a, a mushroom? You have to use a little. Well, you're 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 actually rubbing it on, right? You have to add a little oil anyway when you're and cooking. And you have to them. add a little oil, yeah. so the, so you have some kind of an adhesive. You know the oil will make things stick, and and quite uh, quite often what you're, you're going to be using for um, for uh, let's say a, a vegetable uh, grilled vegetable may may not be the exact same things that you're using for meat. So uh, you know quite a, uh, quite often you'll probably go with more herbal type things yes. in in a vegetable rub as opposed to uh, you know. Um, habanero on your eggplant, you know it's, uh, yeah, or, it's you know you know or or a lot of a lot of um, you know like co- you know like a coffee rub it would go better with a meat I think than with a vegetable. Yeah, you got to think what you're matching. Yeah, the, yeah. the vegetables you want uh, more of the freshness. We do basically when we're doing them, we 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 make a I guess you could call it a mop. It's uh, oil and some white wine, some lemon juice, a little bit of shallot, and then an herb mix that we have. Like, uh, we usually use, like, the standard parsley, oregano, basil. Italian mix. A little salt yeah. and pepper. And we'll use that as a baste when they're... Oh. Or a mop, as you, you know, while they're grilling because... With the grill, yeah. Well, it it, uh, it helps flavor them and keeps them a little moist because vegetables cook quickly. So you're not, you're not really overdoing it. But you get... Because uh, uh, then we'll season them afterwards. When they're still warm, you hit them with the vinaigrette, and right. then they soak up. And then it'll soak it up. But a dry rub, uh, I'm going to try that with a mushroom. And try it. I it it should it it it's. Uh, I mean, mushrooms have subtle flavor. Now you can add something and give it a twist. You know, how about some uh, some tips for people? Uh, maybe you think that might be of any uh, value for uh, for people who are doing like, for instance, um, how much rub do I put? You ever, you know, someone like, how I much see do that, I put? Yeah, so you, I see some, you know, they, they throw the meat right in the big bucket and pack it on, and then you see others just shake it, and whatever's left stays. So right. Two extremes. Right, and and I'm I'm more the latter. Okay. You know, I, I would say this, because uh, wool rubs are not equal. Some rubs are, are powder, and some rubs have bits and pieces of things that are not quite powder. You know, like... like uh, um, you know, like coriander. Sometimes they'll, uh, it'll, it'll be like cracked. Okay. You know, and if you pick it up and shake it, all the coriander is going to roll off. You know, that's uh, so. What you want to do is yeah. If is, your pepper grind is too coarse, that kind of falls out. You so, see that, or if, and kosher salt really is what you should use, right? Kosher salt. You should not use the iodized salt. You need a, the yeah crystals there. So, so what I would recommend to people is that if you have uh, some sort of a rub, and a rub has usually got very fine uh, ingredients and coarse ingredients. Just take a certain amount, rub it on your steak on 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 both sides, shake it. The coarser stuff is going to fall off, and then just regroup the coarser stuff, pick repick it up off of the uh, if you're using a piece of wax paper, okay. and sprinkle it back on again. At least the amount of fine stuff on there has been mitigated by picking it up and shaking. Because that's another big problem. The finer the rub, the more apt it will uh, stick to the meat. So, yeah, and I was just going to say, um, and, and for consumers, especially in the store, 
do you get granulated garlic or do you get garlic powder? Now, I use in my restaurant, I use granulated. Right. I don't use the powder. It's easier to measure, and it's more like all the other things that I'm using. It's granular. It's like salt. Mm-hmm. But I don't buy garlic salt because then you got to worry about too much salt. Now, garlic salt is, I mean, to me, you salt and you garlic. You don't need the two together. It makes more but sense. But the granulated, if you can seek that out versus the powder, plus it, it stays flowing better. The powder can sometimes clump. Yep. And um, it you're does. right with that different <clears throat> density and the different particle size, it's not going to mix evenly with a rub. It, 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 matter of fact, that's the other problem with garlic powder. Uh, it, it, if anyone has garlic powder in their cupboard, pull it out, open up the, 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 the cap, and you'll see it's a rock. Yeah. You know, it just sucks up moisture. And they actually add stuff in there to, to prevent that from happening. All it does is delays it. It doesn't prevent it. Yeah, what is it? Uh, silica? Silicas, yeah. they'll use, things like that. Exactly. Uh, and and they they tend to kind of keep the particles, the garlic particles, separated from each other so they don't stick together. That's the point. But you can only add like a percent or a half percent. Otherwise, right. you're, eating, you're eating silica, which is glass. So... But yeah, yeah that's, an, that's a telling tip. Telling people too many things here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a tip, guys. You know, if, if it's a fine rub, you know, rub it in, pick up the meat, and shake it out. And don't be afraid if it looks like you got a, a like a, a two millimeter thick thing of of rub on on the surface of the meat. Just brush it off with your hands. You want it to be even. You don't want like a pocket of. Yeah, you don't want you, you don't want it to look like you're painting it. <laughs> you know, you still want to see the meat. Yeah, because what I like. So, all right, so like ribs in our restaurant, we use an Altosham slow cooker, reconvector. It's not a smoker, so I use the liquid smoke, which is it's just a pure distillate of hickory, which yep. is fine. And I know I've seen tasting things where people can't even tell the difference. Um, <laughs> but I just I have my rub, and then I sprinkle it on fairly liberally, and because it's going to be then covered with uh, plastic wrap, but not sealed, just protect it, and it's going to go overnight. So that rub is going to have contact, not just the four hours of cooking, but it's in a hold pattern for could be another five or six, seven hours till it's marinating. It's so I say, you know, for me, I don't have to rub ahead of time because it's 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 got that extended time in the oven. But I sprinkle it on, but I want to make even, and you still make sure that everything is covered. Yeah. Um, I don't pack it on. It's it's more, and it, it takes a while, and we need I need that. Um, you know, the kosher salt, the brown sugar, but everything's it has got to be mixed. The brown sugar can lump sometimes. The rubbing, sure just, the, the, you know, the, the rubbing for people who don't uh, see the point. Um, normally, barbecue's done better with fatty meat, meats. Yeah. I mean, you can barbecue chicken and, uh, and game, but it's really a technique for pork and fattier meats. So so that's, that's the problem is that... Uh, uh, you want to uh, rub it in because you want whatever flavor oils are in the spice to dissolve into the fat. Okay, we're going to break for a couple of messages here, and we'll uh, keep going on this topic here. It's timely because of summertime, right? Yeah.
coming on into the final quarter hour here of Chef Bill's Table. So, yeah, Pete, we were talking on the break about the differences between how you use rubs, whether you're grilling or barbecuing. Um, still cu- curious about the uh, the coffee rub yeah. you see sometimes because coffee, you'd think that you get coffee to a ho- too high a temperature, it burns. It burns, yeah. And I've made them before, and normally in conjunction with, I, I think I used ancho chilies. Um, you Co- know, it's... Uh, you can grill, but I have even seen techniques where you're cooking steaks in the pan with the coffee rub. And it doesn't really get that. I mean, it's, 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 it's not as strong as you would think the coffee flavor would be. Right, it right. Just, it's, uh, like it just it adds some depth to the, to, the, to the rub, I guess. Coffee, coffee rubs, uh, you know, um, we don't make any coffee rubs. Cause, uh, but, but I can tell you that, that from our, my experience... Uh, Coffee rubs tend to be um, better for for barbecuing than for grilling. Okay. Remember, grilling is a fast thing. Right. You know, and and uh, you, uh, you you put your coffee rub on there, and 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 if you if you do it right before you grill, you're not really and like you said, it's a mild type of thing. Uh, flavoring, it's not strong. You're not going to get very much of the flavor uh, leaching into the meat. And so you're going to wind up just seasoning the, the grill itself rather than... than yeah, because I would think, say, like in, in mine I used an espresso roast, which would be the darkest of the roasts. So you're getting that heavier roasted flavor. And, and I guess, you know, it would be good to make a, a stout barbecue sauce. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a good point. You, you, can, take, you can take a... Uh, uh, if, if you want to add a, a coffee flavor, you can take, say, um, uh, freeze-dried coffee, mm-hmm. dissolve it in some water... Uh, and then add that uh, to whatever you're using to make a wet rub. Yep, yeah, I'm, I'm saying that it's instant espresso powder. It's still that fine, and again, it's yep. not going to taste like a cup of coffee. No, but it just enhances in a way. And I think um, grilling too, when you have the hot grates, when your heat source is underneath, it's different than the radiant broilers that the steakhouses have. You're still on grates. You get a little bit of marking, but most of the heat's coming from above. Right. You're not getting that constant char. And that's why I, I, we start, you know, like our fillets and good steaks like that, we start in the pan. We'll finish them on the grill, but we don't want, especially with a fillet that's so lean. You want to sear it. It, it burns. It, it gets bitter. Yeah. It, it just, it, it's, you want it to sear, but you don't want it to be charred. Right, right. And that's, you know, that's the that key. Because that bitterness is not... Is not good. That's the key. And actually, good grills, if you buy a barbecue grill, a good grill is going to be one where you have total control over the burners. Uh, and I, I prefer the ones where it's not horizontal, um, but but vertical, so so they, so, yes. so they, they face zones. you up and down, back yes. and forth, front mm-hmm. to back. And that way, you can take one end of it, shut it off completely, and use it as a radiant heat to source and the other one with the flame on for searing and so you sear and then you move it over to the side to for the radiant heat yeah when we i mean we did barbecues up and we did the uh, call them whirly birds of chickens uh that just you know on the big grate you've got 30 half chickens and you turn them by hand <laughs> go down the, you see a lot of people have automatic actually uh, i think it's pork chop barbecue here and up on 31 they have the Automatic, so he's right over a hardwood fire, and he's roasting these half chickens, and that you know you smell that brings back that memories. Good. And we would put our sauce on at the end, 
theory, we, we would not do any other seasoning. You're just cooking the chicken over the, over the coal. And then at the end, the last turns, we would hit it with our sauce because even though we didn't add sugar to the sauce, there's still with ketchup, and there's still a lot of sugar in there. Mm -hmm. And if you put sauce on too early, it burns, caramelizes, and also can even keep the meat from, especially poultry, can keep it from cooking. Speaking of so, poultry, you yeah. might want, people might want to know this. Uh, if you're going to barbecue chicken okay. uh, and you put a rub on the chicken, we say it has skin, it's not going to do very much. The skin acts as an impenetrable barrier to the meat. Uh, that's what skin yes. is supposed to do, is protect the insides of you. So, yeah. so, so the things you could do, number one, is if you can lift the skin yes, and work it underneath. Say, a lot of times roast chicken, we used to make uh, compound butters and oh. put a little pad of that under the skin because then as it cooks, it's going to melt. It melts I've done, out. I even I've done a goat cheese butter, you know, so a little bit of the cheese stays behind underneath the skin. That sounds nice. Yeah, so I was going to say, yeah, with chicken, um, I do, I, of course, um, if I'm doing a buffet or something, and I'll use the boneless, skinless thighs, and I, use, I put my barbecue rub on it and a little dash of liquid smoke just get them all covered and they sit overnight and i'm telling you i could just roast them in an oven and the smoke permeates that meat oh. um serve them chilled sliced on a salad or just then hit them with some sauce you can grill them at that point if you want that little charred look we've done that but um it picks up because they're small pieces that overnight with the, the bar and you don't need much rub either i mean very you're not rubbing the whole thing down just a little bit and there's enough water coming from the poultry to kind of mix it around you know we're not yeah. using no that's that's true though so but that's an important thing that people need to know is they're going to grill chicken well, try right, to get skin, it under the skin. Yeah, the skin otherwise the skin and, and people don't like the skin i do but most people well not. then then the other thing you could do is is use a wet rub on if you're grilling chicken because um, you have a better chance of, of having the, the flavors uh, stick on the meat if uh, or on the on the skin like a Jamaican jerk like a Jamaican jerk but a wet yeah. rub version yeah. of it yeah so yeah. that way you can get you can keep the flavoring on the chicken but if you just sprinkle dry rub on on chicken uh, the, with the skin it's it's not yeah, especially the, if it's the, if the skin and the bone <laughs> the, the bones are going to get seasoned well which you're not going to eat <laughs> exactly so so yeah, that's so you, you yeah, got to get it underneath, underneath the, skin. the skin that's a tip you know that's uh at wet if you're doing game wet rubs not dry rubs right game is got no fat in it yes so you need to add moisture wet rubs not dry rubs yeah i saw it uh, just we're getting toward the end of the hour just for example uh we talked about the the jerk spice being able to be a dried spice or a wet rub and I found, uh, well, chimichurri, the Argentina, they're the, the, the kings of beef down there. They roast whole cows down there. <laughs> and steak is there. They eat more steak than Americans do. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. So uh, chimichurri, everybody knows, is that nice. It's almost like a parsley pesto. Mm-hmm. So it's... it's um, we flat, make it. The flat parsley, a little bit of garlic, a little hint of, uh, say, for a bunch of flat parsley, you want a teaspoon of dried oregano. That's that little flavoring in there. A uh, little crushed red pepper flakes, and then a half cup of olive oil, and a little bit of red wine vinegar. Three or so for a half cup of olive oil, maybe three or four tablespoons of red wine vinegar, and that gets blended. 
or down there you could use a mortar pestle, but it's, it's, it looks like pesto. And that's room temperature, and that's the sauce for meats. It's, it's very um, fresh, vibrant. You know, you've got the little bit of acid in there. You've got the herbal effect from flat parsley, which is more flavor than the curly. Right. But as a rub, that's not really good because you've got fresh herb. So for the rub, um, you're using a tablespoon of salt, tablespoon of oregano, teaspoon of pepper, a teaspoon of hot pepper flakes, a little bit of uh, a couple of cloves of garlic, and your you can rub that on the meat, and also then you'd need to add some liquid. You're going to drizzle it with olive oil, or hit it with some vinegar, or a spray. In a lot of places, uh, people use a, a spray bottle, yeah, a little spritz bottle yeah. to do that. Yeah. You know, and you talk about the mop. That's you know, for our sauce, we had each barbecue, we'd buy a fresh mop. And now, are you spritzing reaching. oil or are you spritzing Normally water? you're spritzing water or, or okay. vinegar so, or something so you, like that. Okay. Say for Carolina, you'd, you'd have, uh, you know, like a, a cider vinegar, maybe some hot pepper in it, you know, just to keep that flavor so going. So you're misting it. Yes, to keep that moisture going. Um, we're actually to the end of the hour, and it's been, a, as always with Pete, it's a quick study. It's we, fast. We have... Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of ground to cover, and we get you know probably three quarters of it done. But just tells you the interesting world of spices and herbs out there. So remember Black River Spice and Tea Company in Oldwick, Pete Nurcio. Um, look him up; he's on the web. I'm sure you can. www.blackriverspice.com. That's easy enough, right? And uh, Facebook, uh, yeah. We're on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. follow him. Yes, yeah. lots lots of good stuff there. Thanks, Pete. Thank you. The news is sponsored by the Hunterdon Medical Center. Hunterdon Medical Center was started by families for families. Inside our circle of care, we offer coordinated care for your entire family, led by our outstanding family medicine physicians and specialists. Hunterdon Healthcare, your full circle of care. If you need a physician, call Hunterdon Medical Center's Physician Referral Service at 1-800-511-4HMC or visit us on the web at www.hunterdonhealthcare.org.